Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. That's Brad Avery from Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Getting close to exiting the 40s of the 50 most relevant. Hello, it is MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're enjoying these daily articles and daily podcast episodes. Shouting through who I believe are the 50 most relevant players across all salary cap formats. The good news for you drafters is we think of you right throughout this process as well. We'll talk about where the number 42 player is going today in drafts for the 50 most relevant. I have got Ben Gogos on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, mate. Very excited to talk about a very um, interesting name today, someone that's probably going to rustle a few feathers, uh, Jack Billings, uh, probably one of the most hated fantasy players of 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. And that's because when he's on fire, he's like an unstoppable point-scoring machine. Um, but when he's not, you'd kind of rather have a rookie on the ground. Um, and the, he's, um, yeah... I'm intrigued by this. He's 23, listed as a forward, handy young Saints gun, no doubt about it. He had what most would say, most would say, was a absolute stinker of a season. And yet, still averaged 80.6 in Supercoach. Yeah, I know you paid over 90 for him, but if a stinker's 80, that ain't too bad. And then in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, a stinker of a year, Ben. 85.1, 85.1, his best fantasy and dream team and super coach scores all came in the same match against the Brisbane Lions. It was a 123 for fantasy and dream team, a 133 in super coach. Gosh, he had a terrible year, didn't he, for a guy that still managed to average 80? Yeah, pretty extraordinary. Hey, so for someone that cops so much abuse, um, he didn't drop down as much as I would have thought, to be honest, MJ. No. Um, and actually looking at round 13, <coughs> sorry about that, round 13 to round 23, he was he was on the money. Um, yep. So I'll go, I'll go through some of his. Have you got those numbers handy by any chance? Yeah, I do. From round 13 uh, in, until season's end in fantasy and dream team, four tons, didn't dip below 75 and averaged 96.8. That's what you paid for him. For Supercoach during that same 10-week period, Three tons went under 77 just once and averaged 93.4. There's about 15 points right there. You're going to gain. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's really interesting with him because obviously we were expecting the world. Um, 2017 was a pretty amazing season. So he went above 111 on 11 different occasions, um, including 150 in Dream Team, 136 in Super Coach in a round eight game where he had 30 touches and five goals against Carlton. Uh, it has been his best game to date. And we were kind of thinking that this is the future of uh, the St. Kilda Football Club. Yeah. But what, what's also interesting about um, Jack Billings' 2017 season is that he was not, um, well, he was quite prone to the poor games. So yeah. he's had a, a 14 touch game against Brisbane, who were definitely easy beats at that stage, um, resulting in 47 and 53 in Dream Team and Supercoach, respectively. He had a, a 55 game against Richmond, 67 against the Bulldogs, uh, very similar to Dream Team and Supercoach, um, and then another 60 in round two against West Coast. So, Right there, he's had quite a number of poor scores. Yeah. And 
Similarly, we actually saw quite a, quite a similar number of 50s and 60s in his 2018 season. It's just that a number of those 70s and 80s didn't translate into the hundreds that we were um, came accustomed to in 2017. Yeah, look, it's a bit of a tale of two jacks. You know, we've looked at those numbers of from round 13 onwards. If you look at round 2 to 12, because if you started with him, he had that big 123 in fantasy and dream team, a 133 in super coach against the Lions, his best game for the year. And coaches are like, yes, here he goes. But <laughs> from then on until that round 13 match against the Gold Coast, he didn't score over 90. In fact, uh, he averaged 69.8 in fantasy and dream team and 62.6 in Supercoach. I think one of the reasons was, is during that period of time, either because his body wouldn't allow him or the coaching department chose not to, they used him exclusively forward. Um, He barely ventured outside 50. He was given no midfield rotations, let alone the freedom to push up the flanks. The back half was kind of the other way. Despite not having huge centre bounce clear, you know, numbers, we started to see Jack released back into the role we'd become accustomed to more in 2017, um, which was him <coughs> starting forward, but also him pushing up the flanks, up onto the wing, using that... Um, Absolutely elite field kicking. Maybe his field, you know, his shots for goal, still definitely a growth opportunity, a growth area for Jack's part of his game. But his field kicking and his ability to cut the angles, um, it is absolutely elite. And we got to see just some of the best of Jack Billings, not just in the back of last year, but also through 2017. So I think there's, while there was some definitely some disappointment for owners, especially those that started on him, there was enough promise in the back of last year and enough signs the year prior that, in all honesty, my opinion is, if you were bullish on Jack Billing's last preseason, then in all honesty, you should be again this year. Because all of the risk that you knew about in 2017 happened again in 2018. And yet you still went there. And so if you were keen on him 12 months ago, you've got to be keen again. And because you're going to get him at 10 to 15 points in terms of his average price than what you would have 12 months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing just to keep in mind is that he actually performed a lot better post-buy, Yeah, um, which sort of lends itself to he was sore. I think uh, there were some rumours around that his endurance wasn't at what was required of AFL level, but that could be symptomatic of the fact he might just not be able to train as much as he would have wanted to because of the body and that. That's very, very common throughout the AFL. Lots of players um, suffer from those types of ailments. So he, he's a guy that I imagine as of today is having a huge preseason. Um, he's someone that obviously is the face in many respects um, post Nick Rewalt of the St. Kilda Football Club. So he has a lot of pressure on him to actually perform. The, the Saints just had an absolutely dismal season. I wouldn't be surprised if he was playing injured quite a number of games purely because of the fact that St. Kilda were just trying to really rack up some wins in that first two months of the season. Um, obviously, come the, come the end of that second month, they knew that finals were out of the, were out of the realm of possibilities mm. realistically. So they, they, you know, weren't, um, as reliant on someone like Jack, but, he, as his, um, as the season came to a close, he really started to uh, perform more at the levels we expected. So I tend to think that St. Kilda is a footy club that right now lacks a lot of quality ball use. 
So there is no reason that um, Richo and the coaching staff don't want the ball in Jack's hands, as you were alluding to. Um, and for that reason, I, I tend to think that he's going to be asked to probably put in push into the midfield a little bit more than what he did in 2018, and also just find his find the put the ball in his hands as much as humanly possible. So um, with that comes potentially added attention, but. Yeah. Look, if we if we get to that stage where he's got an increase in attention, I think that's actually what fantasy co- coaches want at this stage. Because uh, if he's performing like he was in 2018, trust me, no no one's going to be going near him. Yeah, look, I think so. And when we look at one player, sometimes we can have a bit of um, confirmation bias um, as a fantasy coach. Sometimes we can not use the same rules we judge one player as we judge another. And so we go, oh, Jack Billings, he burnt me last year. He hurt me. He was terrible. Yeah, he got you an 80s average. I Look, I know you paid 10 to 15 points more than that per game, but let's contrast it. If he's back end of the year, um, mid-90s across all formats, safe to say that that's in, in – Really, that's a top 10 fantasy and dream team forward, and and it's pushing a top 10 um, in Supercoach. His back end of the year, his last 10 games, were strong and performing well. Let's contrast now to a player that's really well hyped this season, and fair enough too, in Josh Dunkley. His last nine games for the year, his lowest score in fantasy and dream team was 96 um, and he only had two games in those last nine that weren't tons, whereas in Supercoach, his lowest was 86, and he only had one other game that wasn't a ton during that period of time. Um, and now, yes, they're bigger averages, I get it, but the point I'm making is we're looking at his back end of the year going, oh, he's on fire, he's going to do that for us in 2019, yet he started the year with, with some different roles. Uh, so I think sometimes we pick and choose our logic for different players because that's why I'm really hot on Jack Billings is because all the signs are there that when he's in those right roles, and I agree, I think the responsibility must increase for Jack Billings. I can still see some massive, massive scoring value and some massive points on the way. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's just basic. Like any guy that's had 30 touches and has kicked five goals in a game of AFL football um, is someone who can score a lot of points. Like that's that's very simple. But I, I think that's you really touched on a good point with the confirmation bias. Also a little bit of uh, short-term thinking. So we we as a fantasy community tend to only remember the last sort of score um, because it's a it's quite an emotional game for some people. Um and so we, we tend to either hate or love our players. Um, but what we've got to keep in mind with someone like Jack is that he's going to be a roll, roller coaster invariably. That's just the type of player he is. He's not, he's not someone that's going to get a heap of tackles for us. Uh, he's going to be heavily reliant on really getting a lot of touches and probably a lot of goals. Um, and when those two things don't necessarily occur, then he's mm. going to have a lower score. But, but one thing we know with the forwards is that we're not we're not um, as reliant as we are on the midfielders where we, we might need a 110 average in the forward line. Um, if you were to, to sign a, a form right now that said Jack Billings will play 22 games and average 95 um, in Dream Team, for yeah. instance, even in Supercoach, um, I'm going to sign the dotted line right now. So um, he's the type of guy that, as well, we were just speaking um, not so long ago about Rory Sloan, who who goes through huge patches. And Jack Billings is someone who's similar. He can go through big scoring patches. And um, he's a guy that can potentially take um, take a, a chance at winning a, a large prize away from you, or it can get you much closer to that prize. So 
Um, it's honestly, we could have played the same podcast that we might have we might have run twelve months earlier or even twenty four months earlier. Yeah. He, he's got so much potential on him, um, and nothing for me has really changed from this time twelve months ago because we know the the inherent downside with him. Um, and so for that reason. And that reason alone, I think he's going to be high in everyone's thinking come 2019. I think he does too. And that's why I'm really quite keen on him as a starting squad option, because whether you choose to start or upgrade to Jack, the possible risk of role change still exists. Um, as we've seen throughout the past two years, the um, coaching staff have no problems with making role changes on him mid-season for whatever variations of reason. So I think you get all the reward or potential reward by starting him um, um, and still all of the risk. But if you upgrade to him, yes, you could still be rewarded with some good scores. You're not going to be rewarded at his price point um, as much, but you still have just as much as a risk. So it seems to me that whether you start him or upgrade to him, you've still got the risk. There's just more reward if you start him. Yeah, and, and the other thing is you've used the trade. So yeah. that's that's where it becomes more painful to move him in and move him out. But for instance, you know, if he if he's doing an eighty five type season come the midway point of the season, you're thinking, look, he's just not got that not got as much midfield time as I wanted. Um XYZ, we can move him on, but yeah. someone who's potentially brought him in after a couple of back to back hundred and twenties. Uh, they possibly they probably have paid more more money for him, and they also have that that absolute pain that comes with having to trade out someone um, after you've brought them in as an upgrade target. So, look, there, there's just a couple of thoughts. I mean, he's not currently sitting in my team to be um, uh, to be completely honest with you, but he'll definitely be around the mark. And I I tend to think um, I was high on him this time last year. I I nothing has particularly changed change for me other than the fact that I I think if anything Alan Richardson's going to play him more in the midfield than mm. what he what he did in 2018 because that just clearly didn't work so I'm I'm probably even a little bit less concerned about role changes um, I'm probably a little bit more concerned about his body which is even though he's kind of played a lot of games over the mm. last two seasons there's always been that question mark on him even as a junior he had struggled with a few different injuries so that's probably the one question mark. But look, if he if he's fit and firing to go round one, I, I don't see any reason that he doesn't uh, uh, strongly improve in both Dream Team and Supercoach and, and of course, as a byproduct AFL Fantasy. Yeah, I think so too. Let's talk about where you draft him. 12 months ago, he was an F1 that was a popular top 20 draft selection. You're not going to have to spend that amount of draft selections on him. In fact, you're not going to need to pick him as an F1. Chances are, looking AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, um, Ultimate Footy is a part of that. You might be getting him in an F2. Um, in Supercoach, though, he could drift even to an F3. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what people do with Jack Billings. And you know what I love about that as well? That there's so much negative sentiment to him right now um, that he might drop down to that F3, even possibly in, in a, a dream team type scoring format. Yeah, wow. Simply because if there's there's two guys that are averaging 85, you'll be, uh, there's a lot of people that are just like, no, I don't want anything to do with Jack Billings. You know, um, I see his average, but I also remember even more strongly that emotional feeling I got when he scored a 50-odd in round 11 against West Coast or another 50 in round 8 against Fremantle, you know. You get you get a little bit of that um 
emotional backlash, which can potentially see him drop even a little bit further. Now, you'd be absolutely, um, you know, singing and dancing if he did drop to F3. But look, at F2 as well, you were getting I what I expect to be probably a top 10 forward, um, yeah. especially in that dream team format, a little bit more questionable in Supercoach. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, as an F2 in potentially the top 10, you, you're going to be happy every day of the week. Yeah, I think so. Look, he's still um, averaged right now inside the top 20 averages for forward-eligible players in fantasy. And uh, I have to double-check, but I think it's late 20s, maybe early 30s in, in Supercoach. So you're going to get a player that's, in terms of where he's ranked right now based on his average, I think he's got the ability to jump 10 to 15 um, kind of positions on that. So you're not going to have to pay an F1 for him. You may be stretching in an F2 in Ultimate Footy or AFL Fantasy. I mean, Supercoach, though, you're, you're probably pretty safe to get him as an F3. And all could deliver F1 numbers for him wherever you get him. Yep, yep. No, he... I mean, you know, we got to think back to 12 months ago. Everyone was buying him at a 94 average, probably yep. expecting him to go at triple figures. So um, I would not be at all shocked if he did if he did average 100 or in Dream Team and 95 in the Supercoach, it, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't absolutely, uh, I wouldn't be like, this is, this is absolutely obscene. It's definitely within the realms of possibility. So equally, he could, he's probably worst case scenario was last season where he does his 85 and 80 across the competition. So you can see anywhere within that sort of, um, that sort of range of scoring, I think. Yeah, I think so. Look, in a keeper league, if there was ever an opportunity to get Jack Billings, now's the opportunity because 12 months ago um people would be saying yeah give me tom mitch i'll give you a jack jack <laughs> billings like that was kind of the value of a you know a, a number one forward that was pushing high averages um if you can remind a coach of his bad start to the year um maybe not draw too much of attention to the end of the year i think if you're ever going to get jack in a keeper like a keeper league this is the time because you're not going to get him if he starts to bounce back again no, no, now is the time to pounce. If you can, um, make an offer um, and hope for all hell that the coach isn't valuing him appropriately. Yep, no, I think so. I mean, I appreciate your thoughts today on Jack Billings. Thanks, MJ. Always great to talk about um, fantasy, AFL, AFL fantasy, Supercoach Dream Team, and of course those draft leagues, especially the Keeper League, where Am I not mistaken? You are the reigning premier in our most recent season, so you must be still uh, very happy about that. Yeah, but no one cares about that. (laughs) I do, mate. I'm still crying, so... (laughs) You'll be right, mate. Hey, if you want to check out the article on Jack Billings, you can check that out at coachespanel.tv. If you agree or disagree with our thoughts on Jack Billings uh, or any of the players in the 50 Most Relevant, uh, you can hit us up via Facebook and Twitter at the Coaches Panel. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us across Instagram uh, and YouTube while you're there. And at coachespanel.tv is where you can go and read all the articles, grab all the links for these podcasts, and become a part of our Patreon and get some exclusive rewards and early access to these podcasts of the 50 most relevant in at number 41 our second last player of the 40s and in some formats he's incredibly relevant in others you need him to deliver premium scores the thing is he's already done it